The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Friday's here at Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and you. Welcome in as uh, we've got a fun next couple of hours for you to get you into the weekend. Numbers to dial up, 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800 5865 across the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Always and easy to check in with us via the stream. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel can watch the show that way. You can find us on different platforms on Twitter. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Always a go to Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at H Varsity Radio ESPN uh, 590 Omaha KFOR Twitter handles also streaming the show. And uh, Facebook as well. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Uh, guys, what's shaking? How we doing? You, you got big plans for the weekend. Hoops at 11 tomorrow for Nebraska. Big junior day for the Big Red. As uh, 15 visitors in, we'll dive into it a little bit. We'll get to roll call in a moment. NFL Sunday. Man, we are getting close to the end of football. And then spring ball will be here. So all sorts of good things. Jacob Padilla going to be with us in about 15 minutes in hour two. The pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The professor, Bill Dolman, joins the show. And then Friday forecast, we are slated to have Clausburn uh, join us as we'll do our NFL picks and squeeze in Nebraska, Maryland tomorrow. Have we figured out the number for that Four and a half, six and a half, five is Maryland favorite. Is Nebraska a road favorite? Uh, any official, unofficial take there, Elijah or Connor? Uh, I went actually to the sports book last night, hoping Uh-oh. to find this number and maybe lock in reconnaissance. A, maybe lock in a better two based on Danny's advice for the NFL championship Sunday. I, I I fully trust Brock Purdy over twenty and a half completions. I'm with you on that one. Thank you, Danny Burke. Uh, we'll see if that pays off. But uh, no number posted as of last night at the sportsbook. So I have not found one as Me it neither. currently stands. Yeah, I, I've struck out so far. That was four and a half what I said earlier in the text chain. That was kind of my gut. Yeah, that feels about right. But that if I, if I were making the books, that's what I would say. But I don't make the books for a reason. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm seeing via the Action Network, which is by no means official. It's not an actual sportsbook. They have Maryland at minus three. Okay. That that sounds good. Uh, friend of the show, Robin Washett, tweeting out that no Gary tomorrow. We'll hear a little bit from Fred Hoiberg. Let's get and, roll call going. And Go I, ahead. I quickly found it. FanDuel, who actually does have, you know, it's not an official technical sports book, but it's close enough. They have it at Maryland three and a half. So that's about okay. the line that we're going to roll with today. Minus three and a half big red. So, so the that is. Sorry, yes, yes. Uh, you're getting points if you're Nebraska on the road. Let's get to roll call, our starting five. We shot out the first five in the stream yard on Hale Varsity YouTube. Tuck got in uh, right before 3.30. Jeff is off work and says he is present. Good work, Jeff. Brandon checks in. Uh, Brennan from the Black Hills. 
and uh, Elijah rounding it out. Mr. Snitley just slides in. And uh, Brian Snitley, part of the Boulder Peace Treaty, we referenced that. Uh, we'll have to reset that here in the coming months or as we get closer to Colorado. We may have to have the Snitley boys on and give us play-by-play. Elijah and I witnessed it. They lived it. <laughs> they they were able to get the, uh, the, the alcohol ban lifted in Boulder after a loss. <laughs> For a handful of Nebraska fans, that is the... Yeah, the Pioneers, that is the Boulder Peace Treaty. I've seen a lot of crazy things in Boulder. That may be right up there with uh, pulling that off. But uh, Snitley in at six. What's the drink of choice for championship weekend? That's always an important question. I know we dove into alcohol, but it's garbage weather and it's no and it's uh, january so uh some of us uh <laughs> have a friend named john daniels if you know him well i'm gonna probably go with templeton rye uh templeton rye or tito's i know that's uh a left or a right turn but sometimes i feel like a templeton sometimes i feel like uh a tito's or a goose i'm thinking cornhead lager this weekend I know you are. Yes, I have just not been on the the, You're the such beer a great train. Employee Elijah, I just you. like keep that title sponsor going, <laughs> keep it happy. Interesting thought uh, in here from Eat Beef though in this stream. On a different note, he's wondering if Clausburn and Charlie McBride are roommates. <laughs> no, we will we will not ask uh, Charlie any more roommate questions. <laughs> that was a ever. great flashback. But you'd be fair. Good job. Great comment. No. Uh, no. What are you saying? <laughs> I asked if you and Danny could have uh, could have lived together. In a, what do you in, mean? In a sitcom kind of way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not that kind of movie, Charlie. No. It's, yeah, and, and if that's your type of movie, we're not judging. Uh, so... But uh, Ty checks in, Dion's in, Elijah's in, so uh, we are ready to go. A lot going on. Pretty good story out there in the athletic. You're going courthead lager, uh, Elijah. I'm probably going whiskey or vodka for championship weekend. Connor? Good question. I'll probably I'll probably go the Old whiskey style? direction. Uh, with, I do have old style in my fridge, actually, but I will be saving that for a later date because... Spring training it's is not opening here. day. Yeah, Connor's getting so. close to the end of his college experience, so he's going forty ounce malt liquors, one in each hand. Well, OE eight hundred. Are we going uh, Billy uh, Colt forty five? Billy D Williams endorsed that Colt forty five. Got to be right. The Colt. No comments. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. He's, he's like, no, no, <laughs> do a forty. And I'm thinking now <laughs> from actually, the suburbs. <laughs> I know I said cornhead lager. I might have to go find myself just a nice a nice mead this weekend. I finished. Book one of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, in audiobook form, and I'm in the mood for that old style, like an ale or a mead, you know, could be, could be good, because I will be starting the Two Towers I'm, this week. I'm going to say this right now, I, I, both of you may no not interest. know this, but old style, like, you're not venturing that far out there if you're, if you're drinking old style. It's, it's very, you know, very cheap. Well, very... Could, could that be one that pairs with Lord of the Rings, then? Uh, sure. Okay. I, I mean, you would know better than I would, so... Moving on, Anonymous asks a, a fair question. I don't hate it. I mean, I, Pirate, when I was telling him about our house, the, the you know, Leech was like, so did you put a Lord of the Rings fireplace in? <laughs> all stone? All boulder? It's like, no, coach, we, we 
didn't do that, but thank you for the well, offer. I, I got did, voted down on the, the backsplash. I did learn this week that my brother's wedding band is not a usual wedding band. It's a it's a, it's a one ring to rule them all. It's got the Elvish writing on there. He's such a nerd for that. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the missus likes that. <laughs> uh, well, he lost his original wedding band, so I think he's just she's just happy he has one. <laughs> wow. Sure, sure. Anonymous says, look, I hope everyone stays safe, avoids getting run over by Caitlin Clark when the, uh, when the court gets stormed in Nebraska and the women beat Iowa. That's a, a thought, Anonymous. It'd be really cool for the Husker women to, to make that happen. That's all good. Have you seen the ticket prices for that game? I have not. They're oh, over a grand. Hey, if you want to sit Seriously. lower bowl, if you want to sit lower bowl, decent seats over a grand. The upper level will run you three hundred bucks. Wow. Uh, Iowa Russ is going with his family. He's like, dude, it's my only chance to see Caitlin, and I think he got in on it two months ago. Uh, so he didn't have to take out another mortgage. He did not, but he may be uh, he may be selling them. <laughs> if he can get a G, he usually gets like fourth or fifth row. So, uh, junior day. Let's get into some Nebraska thoughts. Thirty visitors last weekend, and we'll just hit some recruiting real quick for Nebraska. Uh, Thirty visitors a week ago. You've got about fifteen this weekend. Caden Vermas, super talented uh, player from uh, Millard North, and linebacker, tight end. Uh, and kind of that rover spot. I uh, really liked watching him, saw him play a couple of times. Uh, Mooberry, the linebacker from Millard North as well. This is, the, this is one of the, the names to watch for 2025. Uh, from Palatine, Illinois, it's Jalen Williams, defensive line, 6'6", 280. He's a three-star, but incredible feet, great upper body. And when you look at his high school tape, He's a guy that uh, Nebraska is really, really interested in. Uh, so is Michigan. And uh, I think the team to, to beat right now is Michigan. But it's good for Nebraska to get uh, Williams here this weekend for uh, a visit. And, uh, you know, guys, we talk about positions of need for Nebraska football. And from a strategic standpoint, uh, Nebraska last recruiting cycle saw that they needed to go get some wide receivers, right? They loaded up, did really well with some in-state talent, got wide receivers. They've supplemented a little bit with some more experience in the room from Portal. Uh, this upcoming next cycle, 2025, you've got a bunch of dudes on the defensive line now, but you're going to have a guy in uh, Ty Robinson that, that is going to exhaust his uh, eligibility. Nash is back for another year. And then you want to get some guys in the pipeline that can get a year, can get a red shirt, see some time, get some development. So when 2025 hits, 2026 hits, uh, they're, they're, they're ready to go. You're ready to kind of reload that position. And, fellas, no matter who's coming into the Big Ten, be it Lanning's physical Oregon squad or pass it around Washington with Fish, USC, their aerial assault, and Chip Kelly, as long as he's still there, along with the old guard in the Big Ten, you're going to have to be able to still stop the run and get after the quarterback. And a guy that can do both 
is uh, the aforementioned uh, Jalen Williams. So we'll see how Nebraska and uh, this visit, this junior weekend, goes for the Big Red. Uh, Will Anderson and uh, Nick McClellan are a couple of quarterbacks they're looking at from 2026. Will's a, a Bell West quarterback, of course, uh, 6'1", uh, and they're looking at him. A couple of more Nebraska kids, Kenyon Cotton, uh, wide out out of uh, West Side, super talented, and then Caprice Keith. He's also a Bell West talented wide receiver at six foot two. So those are some of the in-state names, along with Gretna's interior offensive lineman Calvin Jansen. So some names to to write down, and then some kids from Kansas as well, including a couple of guys on the uh, offensive line. Braden Wilms, he's a six eight offensive tackle out of Lawrence. So Nebraska going to showcase. Uh, what they've got going on culture-wise, and uh, see what they can do to impress and really evaluate some of these juniors uh, coming in. It's a big weekend, Schmitty, but what's throwing me off is the fact that we're saying Junior Day in class of 2026. Like, (laughs) not right. That's not okay. Uh, These kids are born in 2008, if my math is I know, man. That's nuts. That's mm-hmm. that is just giving me the heebie-jeebies here. But that is weird. Uh, it's it's another big big weekend for Nebraska. Not for locking down commitments. Now it's about setting the table for your future recruitment and about being that team that you know what. Hey, maybe uh, as we've seen in, in recent years, the Notre Dames and the Georgias and the USC's are going to be coming into Nebraska and making some visits and finding some guys. It's about setting the table and saying, hey, guess who was there? Guess who knew you? At the end of your sophomore year of high school, before you went into your junior season, who knew about you? It was us. It was Nebraska. We had, had you down for a visit. It's about setting those relationships early. You're probably not going to lock down commitments this weekend. Probably not even going to talk about commitments this weekend. It's about introducing these kids to Nebraska and saying, hey, we have an interest in you. We were first on you. Don't forget that. And a note on Williams, like- too. You said he's from Palatine, correct, Schmitty? Yeah. Yes. That is historically, at least recently historically, a pretty good football program in the state of Illinois. So if you're able to get him and, I mean, just knowing what Palatine football is about, you're most likely getting a winner. And then you add six six two eighty on top of that, that, that could certainly be a void that gets filled for Nebraska a couple of years down the line. So uh, I just felt like I needed my, my Illinois heritage to actually come in use for this show <laughs> once in a while. It worked out well. Uh, Walter, outside of Philly, says more interior D-line ASAP can never have enough. Nebraska has stacked that line well with the young players that contributed last year and saw some time. Uh, And you uh, just want to kind of keep reloading that. Uh, Ty checks in. There needs to be more recruiting in the panhandle. Not just saying that because I'm in Scott's Bluff. Ty, uh, as many Nebraska kids as they can get, I'm totally good for uh and uh believe you on that uh uh i'm gonna start drinking says uh crew uh telling that to dion i hope i don't uh pee myself thank you crew <laughs> and uh that's that's always a uh, a rule right that's kind of a rule for the weekend don't don't uh don't send the jeans to the washing machine Oh, I thought you were just going to say don't pee in general. That way. That yeah. could be a hell of a weekend challenge. Staking a no, beer bag. No, no, no bladder. Who makes it through the whole weekend? <laughs> no bladder buster. I'd rather we're not, take we're a not shot out of the Texas mug. <laughs> that can be arranged. Uh, so we'll hear from Jacob Padilla, get his take on the weekend of hoops, Nebraska, Creighton, and the high school scene. And then a topic we'll get into. Uh, <laughs> 
true. Uh, sometimes it just comes out of my lifeless body. That the that the the statement of the Friday from Crew. We'll uh, spend a thought or two on all right that void of Harbaugh, not just from a personality standpoint, but from a climbing the ladder standpoint uh, in the Big Ten. Who's ready to take that top dog spot? And really cool rundown from on three on Harbaugh and just how he flipped the script, how he stuck with it, and what he, adjustments he made. Uh, great to be with you on a Friday. Hail Varsity here. I'm uh, in the home confines uh, before a high school game tonight. Elijah Connor back in studio. Hail Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Friday edition, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and we have a witness protection, Jacob Padilla. Do we have Jacob? We don't see a Jacob, but we Jacob. can hear you, correct? Yeah. Um, Jacob, how are we doing? Yeah. I'm I'm doing fine. I'm trying. I'm looking at my settings, trying to figure out why my uh, camera isn't working. But uh, yeah, you can still hear me. That's the important thing. This is radio, right? That that is good. Yeah. It, well, radio and and video. But it's okay. But we can put a radio, picture more up radio of. Than video. Yes, right. Yeah, Thank you. I mean, uh, so you, you just have to go to the title. It's the Hale Varsity Radio <laughs> Show, not the Hale Varsity Radio and Video Show. <laughs> That's true. We are streaming, uh, which is good stuff. Uh, Jacob, I know you you, you dialed in uh, and you looked back at Rink's breakout performance. Let's start there. Great work by Nebraska to get the the home win this week, and uh, not only get Northwestern taken on. And, and downed, but follow that up with a with a big win and kind of a, an exclamation point against Ohio State, who's super talented and athletic and, and pretty physical. So, as you kind of did the tail of the tape, bud, what what did you see from Rink aside from thirty four and ten? How did they get there? Yeah, well, Ohio State basically had zero respect for him. Uh, he had struggled mightily in their their previous two <laughs> games offensively. And um, it, it just seemed like Ohio State's game plan was to focus on anybody else. And all his threes came off of uh, either playing off of him or switches where they focused on the other guy that, uh, and that left him free and then left the guy trying to recover. Um, and then all his shots inside the arc, he, his first bucket was uh, a post up in the lane um, er, right away early in the game. Then he missed his next three shots and then hit those back-to-back threes and got going. But then in the second half, most of his work was done inside the arc. And a lot of it was basically him just taking Vanda switches. They switched everything. And so Evan Mahaffey, um, pretty good athlete. Uh, he's, a, he's a very switchable guy. He was eager to jump at every single screen, every handoff, everything. He switched everything that Rink was involved in that left a smaller guy on rink and rink made them pay for it almost every single time there. Uh, and Nebraska did a good job of fighting him with the mismatches. Uh, but like he, he scored on Jameson battle. He scored on Bruce Thornton. He scored on Roddy Gale a couple of times. Uh, they, they just kept switching guards onto him and Nebraska did a good job of not letting Ohio state off the hook for that. So yeah, it was kind of a bizarre game plan from 
Ohio State going back and watching it, but great execution for Nebraska. And, of course, Rink having a great night uh, didn't help. The, uh, the best defended shot that he took was the step-back three uh, <laughs> with battle in his face, and he admitted, like, yeah, that was a bad shot. I don't know why I took it, uh, but sometimes everything just goes in, and it was one of those nights. Yeah, I've had one or two of those nights in my entire lifetime, Jacob, where, you know, it just feels like no matter what you put up, it's going down. Is that a no from you, Schmidt? Oh, uh, yeah, story time from Elijah at the bar. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's not an actual competitive game. It's just pickup where yeah. it's the one or two hey, times in my life. competitive. Exactly. It's what, the one or two time in my life whenever I catch the ball and somebody <laughs> will, will yell, shooter. That's the only time. It's one of those two <laughs> nights. But, Jacob, I digress. Uh, with with Mastin's hot performance, you got to assume that Maryland's at least going to have to be ready for, for Mass to have a different game plan than what Ohio State brought to the table on Tuesday night. And if that is the case, what else could that open up offensively for Nebraska if Maryland does try to commit and say, you know what, we're not going to let Nebraska beat us with rink mast? Yeah, then that's where the, the balance comes into play with everybody else, uh, with Bryce Williams, with, with C.J. Wiltshire, with Casey Tomanaga. That's the tough thing about this Nebraska team right now is they may not have one guy that you can rely on to go get you 20 in, in uh, every night out that teams are going to game plan for, that you're going to game plan for to get you this many shots. Um, so on one hand, you don't really have a go-to guy when the clock's winding down. We saw that at the end of the Rutgers game where they kind of struggled to generate looks late to, to seal that game out. But on the other hand, uh, it's a play the, it's a get uh, feed the hot hand type of offense where um, you've got a lot of different guys that can do damage. And if a guy's having a good night, Nebraska's unselfish enough to keep finding that guy. And C.J. Wilcher has been on a great hot streak recently. Um, and they're, they're running him off a lot of those handoffs, uh, some of those flare screens, get him open looks. Casey, uh, I mean, he ha- had a quiet one against uh, Ohio State. You figure wouldn't be surprised seeing him kind of get going again, hit a couple tough ones. And, you know, with a lot of times with him, it doesn't really matter what you do defensively. Uh, some, sometimes he, he's just feeling enough that he's, he's going to make shots regardless. So, um, yeah, it's just, th- that's kind of the beauty of Nebraska offense right now is they do have so many options. And I, I think they've got a lot of guys capable of taking advantage if a team does kind of focus too much on any one part of it. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Something I was going through earlier today, Jacob, and, this regards to Jameer Young and the tough test he's going to present tomorrow. Nebraska's been pretty solid on teams' leading scores. I mean, you look at Boo Booey, nine points yeah. on two fifteen shooting. Tyson Walker, he got hot late, but he was two of nine in that game at one point. And then Zach Eady with 15, but that's well below his season average. Fred Hoiberg talked about guarding Jameer Young by committee. What do you expect that to look like tomorrow? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be in those gaps uh, on his left-hand drive in particular. They're, they're going to try to steer him back, force him into the, the going right, taking those uh, those pull-up step-back jumpers as opposed to getting to the rim because that's really where he does a lot of his damage. Um, and, and we saw it last year. Sam Hoiberg did a great job on him in the clutch. And that, that Sam's, I mean, that's kind of what he's done. Uh, he's had a few games here and there where shots are falling and he's provided a spark on offense. But, I mean, the consistent contributions for him are the defensive energy off the bench and they don't really have a lot of guys with i would say plus lateral foot speed quickness uh, in the backcourt um and you've got jamarcus lawrence is probably your best perimeter defender of the starting group um i don't know that he's a 
phenomenal athlete, uh, incredibly quick. It's more just he's long and smart enough to uh, to work hard on the defensive end. Uh, but Sam is a pretty pretty good athlete. I think uh, he, he might be the uh, in terms of just burst uh, the best athlete in the backcourt on the team, which. You don't. It's not necessarily ideal having a walk-on as your, your best athlete uh, from a guard standpoint, but uh, uh, it, Sam isn't a traditional walk-on in that regard. Obviously, son of an NBA player gives you a little bit there, but so that's it, it's going to be what they do. They're gonna they're gonna double a lot of stuff. Um, they're gonna fly around. They're gonna force you to make the extra pass. Try to try to attack you um, from the perimeter, but. I think you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of guys in the gaps on driving lanes, and then you'll see Lawrence and Hoiberg kind of trade off guarding Young. Jacob, whenever you look at the, the next four, with Wisconsin at home, a top 15 team, and then on the road at Illinois, another top 15 team, and then on the road taking on Northwestern, a team that's been really good at home, how important is this game tomorrow against Maryland in terms of, in terms of a must-win type game? At some point, they probably need to win a game on the road <laughs> to, uh, uh, to to really kind of remove themselves from the bubble range. Like that's kind of what separates you right now in college basketball is can you go win on the road? Um, taking care of business on the home will put you in the picture. You you get a big road win or two, like that's that's going to push you over the top and um, put you into the safe category. And I mean, you look at the conference, um, their their best. Chance. I mean, they've got some chances here to win games on the road. Uh, Maryland's not having the best season. Like they're still capable. They still got a couple good players. But um, Rondell Kempom has Maryland as a one-point favorite. So that's essentially a toss-up game right there. That's a game that Nebraska could go steal if they can find a way to carry their home performance uh, on the road to a certain degree. Um, you've got Indiana, who is obviously really struggling uh, this season, and Nebraska already beat them once. So you've got, like, you know in that matchup, hey, this is one we can win. Um, you, you make the return trip uh, to Columbus there against Ohio State. So, like, they're, they, they don't face uh, – Illinois is the, the best team that they face away from home the rest of the way. Um, and so beyond that, you, you've got, you got some chances here with light teams on, on the road. The question is, can Nebraska take advantage of that? Um, we have not seen them do it at all yet in conference play. And that Kansas State win is kind of the only one that, that that's holding up uh, on the road right now. And honestly, I think that was more a case of both teams playing poorly than Nebraska going out there and playing great on the road. They just managed to out-tough Kansas State on a night when neither team was playing well offensively. Jacob Padilla is with us. Hail Varsity and Heard at Sports at Jacob Padilla underscore. Real quick, Jacob, if let's take Purdue off the table. Who do you think uh, is right there, or is there anyone right there with Wisconsin? Who's who's kind of that second, third tier team or best team in the, the Big Ten? Who scares you most? Last thought as well, your high school schedule this weekend. What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably Illinois. Uh, the Terrence Shannon situation really complicates that. Obviously, he was out. Now they brought him back. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> obviously he's going to take some abuse on the road, uh, mm-hmm. as we've seen already uh, from from opposing fan bases. And how does the team kind of just handle everything involved with that? So, I'd, and from a t- talent standpoint and a performance standpoint, to this point, uh, it is it is Illinois. And um, after that, I mean. 
everybody else kind of looks like they're in a similar uh, kind of group there with Northwestern, Nebraska, Michigan State, uh, all those teams that are kind of in the, in the middle of the conference right there. So it really does seem like you got Wisconsin up top, you got uh, or you got Purdue up top, you got Wisconsin kind of right there uh, as the second team, Illinois as kind of in its own tier because of all the, the, the kind of extenuating circumstances there. And then you've got a big group beyond that. That's kind of seems to be the way the big 10 is playing out for the high school. Um, we get done here. I'm heading downtown to central for a double header between uh, the Eagles and Omaha Scott boys and girls. I have not seen the Scott girls play really, really talented team there. And curious to see Brock Scholl for, for Scott uh, junior forward there. Um, received an offer from Omaha. I want to see him go up against the Class A team. He's had a great season so far. Basically, been a 2010 guy for the Skyhawks. Um, so, and Central's got some size. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of an intriguing matchup uh, tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Jacob will uh, be following along, bud, on Twitter at Jacobadilla underscore with uh, Hale Varsity and Herdad Sports. Always appreciate you giving us a few minutes, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll try to get the uh, the camera situation resolved for next time. You're good. No worries. There he is, Jacob Padilla, with us. We'll hit some uh, Husker football thoughts on the way. Also, some words from uh, the mayor, Hoiberg, Bill Dolman, about 20 minutes away. Open phones for you. You want to get in, 489-1240, 800-825-5865. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you, it's Hail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence, Connor Clark at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Find my Twitter handle at Schmidt underscore radio and follow the show. Invite you to do that at H Varsity Radio. Stream us if you're cranking the fireplace up or pouring a drink and also throw us on YouTube, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe that way. iTunes, uh, Spotify podcasts, and uh, of course, Google Play is where you can get the Hale Varsity download. Buckle up now, do it. Use your seatbelt, it saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click a message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Guys, pretty interesting story uh, out there about the Big Ten. And uh, we've highlighted a couple of different thoughts with the absence of Harbaugh. Will he be missed? (laughs) Well, uh, quirky enough. Uh, I mean, Elijah was playing all sorts of Alanis Morissette in tribute before the show as some of our hype-up music. Not my choice, not a uh, Alanis hater, but apparently I'm a snob, Elijah, because I like the acoustic version that she did on Howard Stern's show more so than her Jagged Little Pill uh, studio session. That's that's just me. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit too granola here with the... The acoustic love no, it, versus the uh, the studio. No, stuff. and I just called you uppity. It's like saying that. Oh, I don't listen. I, yes, it, that's like that's, that's not like wrong. Saying, I don't listen to Nevermind by Nirvana. I only listen to the MTV unplugged live album version. Like, come on. You're just so, different, dude. That's I mean, so high maintenance. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god! Uh, it's not high. Ma- I'm saying I prefer. It's on my phone. 
I've got the uh, the, the Stern version, and I like that because her vocals are incredible. Listen, the, the Nirvana Unplugged is incredible, but but Nevermind is is it. I mean that that's <laughs> that's my childhood smiling while wow, music changed for He's me. He's trying okay. to save face but, now. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not saving face at all. But is this the the nevermind moment in the Big Ten? Let's well, just go there. Well, there was a there was a, a story that was put up on the Athletic earlier this week. Yes, and I think uh, a couple of the writers that they kind of talked to for this story really phrased it well. In that love them or hate them, what this week is is that the Big Ten's lost their main character. And and even if you didn't like Jim Harbaugh, with what Michigan has done over the past say three four seasons, and what Jim Harbaugh has done in those seasons, which is provide endless drama, press conference moments. You are. You're, you're losing the main character of the Big Ten, and I think it leaves a, a, a void not only in, in on-the-field results in the Big Ten. There's a void. Who's the best team in the Big Ten? I think if you pulled three different people, you'd probably get two or three different answers right now. But it also leaves a void. one in, answer. It, it leaves a void in that personality as well. The Big Ten, mm-hmm. without Jim Harbaugh, does not have the same personality that it did whenever Jim Harbaugh was the coach at Michigan. Well... It's a good thing when you're losing your main character, quote-unquote, that you're adding four teams that could potentially replace said main character. I'm not saying that will happen, but you have some candidates there, at least in the coaching realm, that could potentially replace and fill that role. I, I think Dan Lanning's probably the, the betting favorite to be yes. the next main yeah, character of the Big Ten. I would agree. He, Unless he Lincoln be. Riley gets it rolling at USC again. Listen, I, I think... From an on-field performance, I mean, Ohio State has always been right there. Aside from a, a couple of blowouts, they've had close losses in two of the three to Harbaugh and Michigan, or two of the, the games Jim got to coach in anyway. They, they got beat up physically. And as, as skill-talented as Ohio State is and as many NFL guys as they put into the league at the quarterback spot and on the offensive and defensive line, they're still just – they haven't been at that Urban Meyer level of physical, right? So Ohio State is, is loaded for bear. They're spending it to, to make it, uh, be it portal and in recruiting. So they – feel like that 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 king's chair is theirs and and they're poised to get back there there's a there's a there's an opportunity now for james franklin and ohio state to move out of that third place realm and and make a make a move if if they end up getting their quarterback right with allard i look at wisconsin and nebraska wisconsin has had that window open for a while. They made a coaching change. Is, is there upgrades in recruiting? And with a name coach who's won at a high level at other stops, i.e. Cincinnati, can, can, can Wisconsin be what they've not been? And that is a consistent 10-11 win football team. And then there's Rule, who, yeah, 5-7 and seven hurt because of how you lost if you're a Nebraska fan. But, man, uh, for a year one, I think he's feeling really – He's not satisfied. Don't don't confuse what I'm saying, but I think he feels really good about what they can become. So I think Nebraska has a real chance with how they keep recruiting, but more so how they go about their development. Can, and, and it's just year one, so there's still time to tell. But I think there's a chance for Nebraska to, to, to make a push. That's what everyone in this state is betting on with the hiring of Rule. But right now, I mean, Ohio State is going to – 
presume they can just move into that chair. And, and I like your take, Elijah, about Oregon coming in more Big Ten ready than anybody else. But a question I'm going to ask here is, do we think it could be possible that Matt Rule in, in Nebraska, but mostly Matt Rule becomes the main character of the Big Ten? Whenever you think about what Jim Harbaugh had both on the field and off the field, to become the main character, you have to have a healthy mix of both. You need to have on-field success, and you need to have off the field, maybe not antics, but, but notoriety. And with what we saw already from last year with Rural, with the, the drama with Dion in Colorado and the bulletin board material there, with his comments kind of going viral about Michigan and about how, you know what, this, this is showing that we need to get with the times in college football. We need to get technology. That went across the, the entire country. His appearances on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, there's been a lot Good of call. moments from Matt Rule. I'll even add that if we die, we die, becoming a bit yeah. of a meme in, on, on college football Twitter and in other sports circles. Is there a chance that Matt Rule could become the next main character of the Big Ten if he can get the on-the-field results to where he wants them to be? I think so. I, I think everything that you just mm-hmm. said, at least, I'm already he's making a case for it off the field. And, like, that's not saying that he's not doing good things on the field. I'm just saying, like, again, the if we die, we die comments, the speeches that you see, the – the quote about a good player costs you one and a half, two million dollars. That circled Twitter and the earth twice. Mm. I mean, that was everywhere. <laughs> so at least comments wise, absolutely he could make that argument to be the quote unquote main character uh, in the Big Ten. Maybe not this following year or this next year rather, but in a couple of years, two, three. I mean, if if the field of if the play on on the field catches up to. You know, the, the personality that Matt Rule is, I, I think absolutely. I think that personality is going to give him a head start uh, from a national profile and perspective on, on other teams that may be achieving more currently on the field. Listen, he's a, he's a, a, a coach that has given time and sit-down time to a lot of the national riders who followed him. I mean, look at look at the, the number of voices nationally that have come out with this hire a year ago. And they remember how gracious he was. They, they like him. He's a guy that they probably cheer for or aren't publicly but privately cheering for just because they think he's a good dude and they want to see a good dude succeed. We'll see if uh, Nebraska can get up and running here with this transition in the Big Ten. Hail Varsity winding down hour one. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Hopefully you got out to CHI and see the Supernovas. What an exciting event and more coming here this season with Pro Volleyball in the Pro Volleyball Federation. Uh, be a part of it with the Supernovas, world-class talent in Omaha. We're talking the uh, who's who of volleyball with national champions, All-Americans, Olympians. Be part of the volleyball movement sweeping across the country and get in with the Supernovas, supernovas.com, where you log on. Secure your season or single match tickets now, and hopefully you're out there for Wednesday's opener against Atlanta. Uh, 489-1240, 489-1240, winding down this uh, discussion topic we're having uh, with the absence of Harbaugh, who is going to be the the new, for lack of a better term, face, who could be the face of the Big Ten, where you have performance and personality that is on a a national stage. You, You made great points 
about some of the the national moments or the viral moments, Elijah, that, that Rule provided just being himself last year during a 5-7 and seven season. Yeah, and that's kind of why he's a great candidate, along with Landon, because he made waves uh, before that Colorado game with the pregame speech. <laughs> yeah, you, you have that. Yeah. But, man, if only the Big Ten still had Brian Ferentz, huh? From the personality off the field, the press conference oh, moments, the drama, that was a main character waiting to happen. The the best part of Brian Ferentz was that somebody created the AI version of Brian in post-game press conferences. <laughs> where You see that? We ran for five a carry. You can stick it straight up your... Uh, that, that, was, that was hilarious. That was like that was scary, scary real. Like, I watched real? that the first time, and I legitimately, like, thought for a second, there's no way this is actually a press conference. Please like, let it be real. Yeah, like, there, there was a percentage <laughs> of me, like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. We're going to have a field day on this. And then, of course, I go into the mentions, and it's, oh, nice try. Good yeah. AI. Plenty of NFL we'll get to. Forecast coming up. Bill Dolman coming up. Fred Hoiberg's thoughts on Nebraska-Maryland next hour. And something to, to chew on here about, uh, are you ready to bet against Mahomes? Uh, that's a tall task going on the road to Baltimore with their defense, with Lamar. And um, the other part of this, too, is Andy Reid. Is this his last rodeo? Uh, as soon as KC's season is done, does that mean Big Red steps aside? Kind of floating out there was, in the uh, the ether. Was Taylor Swift too much for Andy Reid this year? I think that's where the conversation would go. <laughs> no, I think he's sixty five and freezing snot to his mustache has gotten old. At at at, at some point, or he maybe he just can't stand Patrick uh, Mahomes' voice t- anymore. No, but I, I don't think coach. it's either of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably well all I can do. <laughs> I really had to dig deep for that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Patrick Clark with us here on, on Hale Varsity. Get your emails in, 489-1240 is a phone number to dial up, chris at halevarsity.com. I like Connor Mahomes better because then it sounds like I he's don't. a terrible TikToker. I don't. I hate it, actually. Suite, I regret Mahomes. all of my decisions during the segment. <laughs> Connor, what's your, what's your middle name? Allen. Okay. I'm closer to Josh Allen, and you I'd rather go, be closer to Josh Allen. <laughs> no. Connor Mahomes Clark. No. That's how we are going to introduce you Please, moving no. forward. <laughs> Call me Fields. Pride I don't Fairberry, care. N- NBC Sports' is Bill Dolman with us. Hour two on the way. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. He's the pride of Fairberry, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Into hour two, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, different uh, streaming platforms on X with uh, ESPN Omaha 590 KFOR. And, uh, of course, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. You hear the name. It's Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. And uh, the professor at Bill Dolman's where you find him on Twitter. Billy D., you're hunkered down in your office. You are doing the math right now on uh, how Connor's Nebraska. GPA. Yeah, how is that going? Oh, no. Well, uh... I'll let him talk. 
But I just, I, I don't have to count that high. <laughs> I don't need a calculator. Do you know Connor's middle name is Mahomes? No, no, it's no. <laughs> I think we, I think we should just drop that bit right now. I thought it was underscore. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, have, <laughs> I'd rather have that. I'll take all That's the good. heat for the Twitter handle all day long. <laughs> Pretty good. Well, Bill, we were talking a little bit here about the departure of Harbaugh, and that opens up uh, a, a spot for not only a, a team to make a jump if Michigan can't hold serve when it comes to control of the league, but also the, the who's going to be the main character in the Big Ten. And we talked, talked a little bit about, you know, Matt Rule and his personality, his persona, uh, you get the on-field results to match with a, a high level of national respect for him already. There should be an opening to, to kind of be the face, potentially, of the Big Ten. you got to obviously win on the field. Well, if you're looking for the show to go on the road, that's going to be a very uh, short-lived deaf comedy jam if you have all the Big Ten football coaches get on stage and try to entertain the folks. Uh, I mean... You know, gosh, you think about it. Uh, you know, James Franklin uh, is is a very engaging guy, very good guy. Uh, I enjoyed my interactions with him uh, way back when, and I don't think he's probably changed. He might be uh, maybe the the face of the Big Ten. He's been at, at Penn State for a long time and has established his program. But I suppose if you're looking for the guy that you want to gather around the uh, the piano bar and uh, you know. Put something in the tip jar. That's it's probably Matt Rule. He's mm-hmm. he is probably the uh, he's probably the most engaging personality, I suppose, that can really hold court and hold you know hold a room together. I, I would yeah, I would suppose Matt Rule might be the might be the guy. And if Nebraska wins and is a top twenty five team next year, then then without a doubt he'll be he'll be the face of that group. If there was a a Big Ten coaches talent show, a hidden talents, Bill Dolman. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to, to my high school talent show. I did magic on stage. Please do. It was very, no very way. good. I went in a full wizard outfit. Did it was you awesome. actually? Yeah. That's insane. I ate a dollar bill and made it reappear. Yes. It was. Sick. Don't want to know that. Uh, I did not make it reappear 24 <laughs> hours later as some might. I made it reappear immediately. Um, <laughs> but, Bill, if you had to forecast, what do you think Matt Rule's hidden talent would be at a Big Ten coach's talent show? If you don't have one for Matt Rule, do you have another coach that immediately springs to mind what their hidden talent would be? You know, Matt Rule kind of strikes me like uh, the kind of guy like like Lincoln native Joe Glenn. You know, sure. uh, Joe coached at Doan. Joe coached at uh, Montana, won a national championship. Northern Colorado won a championship, uh, ended up back at South Dakota. But if there was one coach in the country who could uh, who could you know, hold the entire room together by playing the piano and doing a little singing, and that was that was Joe Glenn. And I could see Matt Rule, the kind of guy that if there's a you know, maybe an idle piano in the corner of the convention center, that he sits down and uh, plays a little ragtime. Maybe that's what his hidden talent is. Or, or let's face it, uh, um, you could have that hypnot- the hypnotic uh, act of Kirk Ferentz that <laughs> has been lulling people to sleep for the last 25 years and stealing nine wins a season. You know, good on him. Um, but I suppose that might be an act. That'd be so good, the Kirk Ferentz high school prom hypnotist. 
<laughs> I don't know if he's a hypnotist or a thief, uh, based off of what Bill just described. Sleight of hand, yeah. <laughs> Finds a way to nine is what he does. Look, look you know, uh, in all seriousness, Nebraska in Matt Rule, they they you know, Trev Alberts wanted somebody who's a developer of talent, a program builder. I wants this to be a developmental program, but he did go out and get a guy that you know we I, people saw him may have heard of him when he was at Temple because he turned it around. That was a big story. Then he goes to Baylor and gets on a much bigger stage and drew a lot of attention uh, with his uh, his uh, collegial nature, uh, got a lot of uh, charisma, great speaker. And, you know, he was on game day several times and never met a microphone or a camera that he didn't like. And when he found him, you know, he did a good job with it. And I, so I think people knew of him that way. Certainly got lost in Carolina, but I think that that has been a, a, a I don't want to say unexpected or surprising, but I think that has been a very pleasant benefit to Matt Rule being the head football coach at Nebraska is that he does exude leadership, he does exude charisma, personality, and that I I do think that's genuine. I don't think he's coming in here and selling himself and setting himself up for something better. I think he's come in here, and I've said it many times that the state of Nebraska has I think had an impact on him and his life and his family's life that he did kind of find a home here for here for however long it is. I'm sure when James Franklin leaves Penn state, then everybody's going to get nervous. But I think that he has endeared himself to Nebraska with a personality that really draws people to him and allows himself to be drawn in by the people that he meets. And I think that's been an added bonus. Bill, uh, when we talk about just kind of standing in the big 10, Ohio state is, is always, a or, or 1A, depending on what Michigan was was doing, right? You had Penn State on the doorstep. You've had past years where Michigan State made a run and, and really was at a high level. You've not had Sparty and Michigan good, like nine win good in the same season very often. But as the world continues to, to change with four new additions, who do you think falls? Who's posed or poised for a drop-off in this new Big Ten? Who's po- poised for a rise? We're talking falling and climbing the ladder. What teams, what transitions? I mean, it's a whole new world, and it, I mean, it's going to be a, a knife fight every weekend, whether you're going to Minneapolis or you're going to the Coliseum. Well, I think Nebraska is poised for uh, – a, a rock climb up the standings. I, I think everybody would probably agree with that. Uh, it's hard to, to, to gauge the, the, the newcomers, even though, you know, they've, they've had some established success. I, I think Oregon comes in at a high level, right? Yeah. Um, I am I'm, I'm curious about USC. I don't think Lincoln Riley has, I think that honeymoon is long past. Uh, they might be calling up divorce attorneys at this point. Um Look, let, let's face it, Washington, that could be – that they might have a tough rebound with DeBoer leaving. And UCLA, Chip Kelly had a bad year uh, and was on the hot seat. And I'm, quite frankly, kind of surprised that he's coming back. So putting them aside, Oregon at a very high level. Um, uh, you know, P.J. Fleck has, you know, found himself in a bowl game with a five-win team. Uh, I, I'm not sure that, you know, they're poised – to uh, to return to that nine win status, that might be kind of a, a fragile nature. I think Ohio State, um, 
I'm I'm guessing Ryan Day established a moving van company in the last 48 hours to help Jim Harbaugh get out of Ann Arbor, right? (laughs) Uh, So he's pretty happy about that. So Ohio State's on the ascension, right? With Michigan gone finally, uh, I think I think Michigan State this with Jonathan Smith is a, it's a good hire, but that program's in kind of a shambles. They they were not left in in a in in good stead. So I think those are some big name programs, and who knows what what's going to happen with Iowa? You know, there's been some speculation that uh, Kirk Ferentz may not be on the sidelines uh, next fall because his son's gone, and and. Uh, Gets got the job as the AD. We know that's kind of a contentious relationship. I, I think he will be, but it's possible he might say, I, I don't want to work here anymore. You know, my mm-hmm. son's not here. I'm late 60s. I'm gone. That's a possibility, too. Bill, I want to switch things over to basketball here real quick. Big game tomorrow on the road. And obviously that hasn't been kind to Fred and his crew thus far. But how do you see Nebraska maybe pulling out a win even without Juwan Gary? Well, when you've got the hottest Dutchman in the world right now, uh, you know, launching threes, uh, you know, that's you're, you're hard to beat, you know. Um, look, Tomanaga had a season-low 14 minutes the other night and scored five points in the win over Ohio State. So the good news for Nebraska is that they didn't need him. The really good news is that C.J. Wilcher has really kind of taken over that role. Wilcher's like at 55%. Uh, field goal shooting and three-point shooting over the last nine games. It's not a short sample. Mm-hmm. Wilcher has been the best three-point shooter for Nebraska over the past several games in conference play. Tominaga can be dynamite and dynamic, but he he would disappeared at Rutgers. He disappeared uh, at Iowa. He disappeared in the game against Ohio State. Now you had mass, you know, having one of the great games in Nebraska basketball history. Tominaga has to have some dynamic moments, but Wiltshire needs to continue to play the way that he has. Mass cannot disappear like he did against Rutgers. They've got to have some consistency from the big man going 30 and 10 or 34 and 10 like he did. He's not going to do that again, but 17 and 10 would sure be good for Nebraska on the road. If he does that at Rutgers, they win. Tominaga's got to have some, some, you know, some big shots for Nebraska. And uh, Wiltshire has to continue to play the way that he has. I like Bryce Williams. He kind of does things quietly. I thought his three-pointer, his basket at the end of the first half was significant. That kind of really put the dagger into Ohio State. And, uh, you know, without Gary, uh, I think Nebraska is really missing him on the, on the glass on both ends. And if he's not going to play, which is, I guess we understand that he's not, somebody has got to become a rebounder that may not be comfortable in that role. But they've got five fouls. Damn it, use them and get ten rebounds. Bill, before you get out of here, I got two questions for you. One's a follow up on basketball, just real quick here. Is tomorrow must win. Um, I don't think it's a I, no. I don't think it's a must win. I think Nebraska's done uh, you, you know enough that it shouldn't be in the, any bubble conversation. I think it's a must win for Maryland. What are they? Twelve and eight and four and four or four and five in conference play. Uh, I think they're in a, I think they're on the outside looking in. So that's the problem is that they're going to be scrapping for everything they can and trying to get, you know, you got to win on at home in the Big Ten. But I don't think Nebraska's in that, especially if Nebraska. I said this on the average Joe Sports Show. Subscribe and listen. Uh, that if Nebraska beats Wisconsin, Nebraska's in the tournament. I mean, come on. 
you've knocked out number one. You've won at Kansas State. You've beaten Michigan State, who's ascended up the uh, the conference rankings. I don't think Nebraska's in must wins. Must wins are at home. College basketball is a wild place, Bill. I'll just say that. that That's why you got to win at home, and yep. you, and you got to have those students fired up, and you got to have their anatomical references ready to go to be distracted, <laughs> and and you got to have that home court advantage and take and, and take care of business at at the bank. Is that what it was called the other night? The bank, the vault. vault. Yeah, I know. I believe it was referred to as it the was. bank. Um, but that's that, the must wins are at home, especially at the end of the year when they have Rutgers. Bill, before we get you out of here, a report this morning from the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen, for the first time in history, the Husker Athletic Department generating 200 plus million dollars in revenue during the 2023 fiscal year. What's your reaction to, to that number? 200 million. That's great leadership. Uh, great vision by the, uh, th- those who uh, brought Trev Alberts on board uh, to be the athletic director. Uh, great excitement in the program with Matt Rule in the direction of the, uh, of the program. Probably a good decision to uh, put extra pops in the, uh, in, the, in the vault for people to enjoy because I'm Nebraska. Sure, Nebraska gets a slice of that pie. Um, but, you know, with the, with the money in the Big Ten and uh, what Nebraska wants to do, it's a, significant, uh, it's a significant thing. Nebraska wants to be a big player. They're spending like it, and they're making like it. So that's, that's good. It's positive. Got to get the uh, Pride of Fairbury prediction. And can you arrange for hot dogs to be sent to uh, one Gary Barnett? <laughs> uh, I could probably have the hot dog sent. I just he just does not want to know how they're made. Uh, again, that's a fourth grade <laughs> no, field we, trip we when don't. you go to Fairbury Public Schools. Predictions for the uh, the, the football games this weekend? No, or for the Huskers. Well, can do that, but but Husker basketball first and oh. foremost. Minus three and a half, Maryland favored. Uh, besides pain, uh, I, I think Nebraska gets the elusive <laughs> wow. one on the road. They learned from their mistake at Rutgers. Uh, the uh, uh, Jack Sikma's uh, Dutch brother has another great game for the Big Red, and uh, I, I think uh, Nebraska uh, gets their 16th win of the season. So there you go. And uh, looking forward to the Lions and Ravens uh, matchup in the Super Bowl mm. that bucks the script. Mm. They'll have to repaint the logo. Detroit, Baltimore. No, I, I think they will. Are you uh, doing this because you just think there's too much Baltimore or you don't want to see – a Taylor Swift Super Bowl. I'm a little tired of that storyline, but I, I Baltimore's at home. I think Lamar Jackson's been fantastic. I did think their defense is great, and I think the uh, the Harbaugh script is uh, too good to pass up that the two brothers win their respective championships this year. That's what I'm banking on, though. Although I love the Lions, what a great story they are. But I, I think this is uh, I think this is Lamar Lamar's year and the Harbaugh's year. And I don't think Purdy. I don't think he looked very good against Green Bay. I think and no Samuel. Uh, there might be some worries in San Francisco. Proud of Fairbury going with that lion roar. Bill, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for jumping in. All right, boys. See you. There he is. Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Bill Dolman for spending time with us. Can find Hale Varsity on your timeline, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with the podcast, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. 
and uh, different platforms and uh, formats on Twitter as well. The Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, 489-1240. Fifteen minutes away from the Friday forecast. He's imaginary and he wears red. We're slated to be joined by Clasburn. Now, we had a question in the stream as to what Clausburn likes to prime with before he gets on and delivers the Friday forecast. We will have to ask him, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt, and thanks for spending time on Hale Varsity. Plenty of Nebraska football thoughts. We got into that face of the Big Ten and, and Matt Rule's likability on a national scale. Husker basketball on our mind. A big opportunity. We'll hear from Fred Hoiberg here in the next five minutes. So that is on the docket. NFL this weekend, bittersweet, fellas, as a love conference title Sunday. But it is conference title Sunday, which means we are getting down to to no football. So the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Lions, the Niners, uh, we'll make our picks in 15 minutes. But do you see Snoop on uh, the McAvee show earlier this, uh, this afternoon? You had... Snoop, don't know if he got into Martha's goodies or not, but he says the the Ravens are underdogged because of the Mahomes factor. And the whole storyline last week was, well, you know, uh, he's never had a a road playoff game. He's never had a road playoff moment in adversity. And Kansas City looked different. They looked uh, locked in defensively. They looked solid and committed to the run game. And they found Kelsey and, and Mahomes made some plays with his legs. Lamar Jackson is such a nightmare to try and defend. He's not as, as bad of a thrower as folks try and make him be. His play action's incredible, and he can go 0-60 to 60 and crank out a 100-yard rushing day. And as long as he stays healthy and holds on to the football, that's where I am at a bit of a crossroads here when it comes to doubting Mahomes, doubting the Chiefs. And look, there's Chiefs fatigue. It's real. It's real. They've won at a, at a high level. Some of you are Bronco fans. <clears throat> Some of you are fans of other teams. And you've gotten the business going down to Arrowhead. If you're wearing opposing colors, it's not the warmest and nicest place. Neither is Mile High. It's just how life is in the NFL. But Right now, and I'll make my pick here in, in about 15 minutes, I just, I, if push comes to shove, I think in a tight ball game, do you trust Mahomes more or do you trust Lamar Jackson more when it comes to, to not making the oops play that could swing the football game, i.e. the turnover factor? Well, you look at Lamar Jackson's history against the Chiefs, and, well, it's not great. He's got a 1-3 in three all-time record. It's pretty incredible. They've only played four times being in the same conference, especially with how good some of those teams have been in, in postseason play. They've never met in the postseason. But Lamar Jackson has a 1-3 record, and only one of those games did he have a completion percentage higher than 55%. He has thrown for more than 200 yards in two of those games, uh, and he only has, uh, again, as I said, that one win that came back in September of 2021 when he went 18 of 26 239 yards one touchdown and two interceptions for Lamar Jackson in that game but the other stats the other times I mean he didn't throw for 100 yards back in 2020 when they played Uh, it was under 150 yards back in 2018 whenever they played a 54% completion percentage and a 53% completion percentage respectively it's fair to say Lamar Jackson has not been playing like an MVP whenever he has gone up and faced the Chiefs that's been the history 
the problem being is that Lamar Jackson is playing more like an MVP now than he probably ever has in his career, and that includes the season whenever he won the MVP. Part of that was the fact that people didn't like Lamar Jackson when he was coming to the league. They thought he was going to be a running back or a wide receiver. Then he goes and does that in a season. You go, wow, that's the MVP. This season's been even better for Lamar Jackson. He's got complimentary pieces around him. Love Gus Edwards, the running back. It's so hard to pick against that team. But if there's been any team in Lamar Jackson's history that's been a boogeyman for him, it's been the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks, too, just like obviously because Kansas City has been winning all but, the time. But like, you could argue that the Chiefs are Josh Allen's boogeyman, but he hasn't necessarily had bad games against them. No, no, no. I, I would say that's that's more so the, the Bills as a team boogeyman rather than just Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. With the thing with the Ravens for me is, yeah, Lamar Jackson's playing obviously really, really good football, arguably the best football of his career. It just seems like a more complete team from top to bottom. I mean, the defense is solid. The offense can get going whenever they want. Mark Andrews is going to be back in this game as well. So it's big. It's, it's huge for, for this Baltimore team. And, and they're at home. And I know the Chiefs just went into Buffalo, which is not an easy place to win, and won. But this is, this is huge for Baltimore. And, and the fact that they have a chance to kind of right the wrongs that Lamar Jackson at least has had against this team is – is a large is a large factor in this game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, it's it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be down to the wire. And and that's the question, as you guys stated earlier, how is Lamar Jackson going to perform in those clutch moments? Because we know what Mahomes can do, and he's done it time and time and time again. Listen, to, you you have the one win you highlighted, Elijah. And, and that was the one time that Lamar went over 100 yards against the Chiefs. The other thing, too, with Spagnola, as good as the defense has been for Kansas City, top five, uh, no team, and Spagnola's been their coordinator since 2019, has allowed more rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks than the Chiefs, 26. So he doesn't have to throw for 200. He doesn't have to be at 60% completion percentage, his equalizer equalizer is going to be that 100-yard rushing day and the rushing touchdown. If he gets 100, I mean, is that is that the bar? If he gets a 100 and a rushing touchdown in favor of Baltimore, they, they get the win at home? Well, back in, back is in it 21, as as that? he laid it out. It was 16 attempts, 107 yards, and two fourth-quarter touchdowns for Lamar Jackson, and a come-from-behind effort. Baltimore uh, had two touchdowns in that fourth quarter to come from behind. They were down 35-24 to 24 to start that. Uh, fourth quarter, they end up winning 36-35 on the back of two Lamar Jackson rushing touchdowns. I think that's the 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 only thing that you need to look at in this this game from the Ravens is can they get Lamar Jackson going on the ground? Because if you can get Lamar Jackson going on the ground, it opens up a lot for not only Gus Edwards uh, in the other rushing attack, but it opens up things through the air for Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. too. Whenever you break that pocket, get outside, now you can look downfield, flip the hips, which he does better than almost anybody in the NFL, flipping the hips and firing downfield. If you get safeties and linebackers, their eyes in the backfield, their eyes on Lamar Jackson, he's able to pick you apart downfield. I think that is going to make a world of difference for this Ravens offense. That might be the one stat that tells the entire story of the game is Lamar Jackson. How is he with his feet in this football game? We'll go to basketball here. Hear a little bit from Fred Hoiberg. Is Nebraska getting three and a half points? Our friend Ranger Rick emails in. Nebraska getting points? Yes, they are. Find your way to the book, fellas, uh, for, uh, of course, uh, manageable 
disposable income use only. <laughs> don't, don't pull a casino where you got to go see a Joe Pesci to turn the heat back on. Go uncut Red gyms. I'll, I'll take uh, Kevin Garnett to win the opening <laughs> tip. Kevin Garnett over first quarter points. Kevin Garnett over six and a half rebounds the in the first 72, half. <laughs> the 72 play parlay, courtesy of Elijah Herbal. So Fred lays out his preview on the Terps. Uh, they are dangerous at home. Can Nebraska pull off a rare road win here's fred yeah really really good win really good couple weeks for them the illinois win was really impressive on the road obviously they're playing at an extremely high level right now and uh that's a hard road game to win and then obviously what they did to iowa in the last game i thought defensively they were they were really really good and that's uh that's when you look at their numbers they've done a phenomenal job on the defensive end of the floor and you know jameer young is playing at an incredibly high level right now they've got experience with uh with scott with uh, uh, with Reese, and they've got they've got uh, good guard play. So you know it's a it's a game we're going to have to be firing on all cylinders. We're going to have to get off to a good start. It's uh, very important in those early games to try to come out of the gate and set the set the tone. And you know they're they're going to pressure. They're going to uh, get out on us, and we have to do a good job of handling that. We have to take care of the basketball. So you know when you talk about keys with this team, take care of the ball, get back in transition, rebound. So that was Fred on what Maryland's been able to do. The thing that's avoided Nebraska's, that success on the road. Here is Fred cut five. How do you have success on the road? How do you go back to Manhattan, take that with you to, to College Park? Yeah, it, it's, all about, it's, all about, it's all about consistency, Robin. I would say that is the biggest thing when you're going on the road is you can't have the lulls. You can't have a stretch where you can't, don't take care of the ball. We did that against Northwestern at home. We were able to survive it because I think the crowd, you have 15,000 behind you. You don't have that. And then the crowd gets into it. Rutgers, for example, was a perfect example of when we went through our lulls and their crowd really got into the game. And, you know, we obviously struggled all the way through those last nine minutes. Uh, Minnesota, same thing. You know, once they got going downhill, they were tough to shut off. So it's just got to be a consistent effort. We did it at K-State. So we've shown that we're capable of doing that, knocking off a top team. Uh, but we had great consistency in that game, especially on the defensive end. So that's Fred Hoiberg. We'll wind down Fred here with uh, a guy we've talked a lot about, and Bill nailed it. Nebraska may not have the go-to guy, but they have options. C.J. Wilcher's been uh, as good as anybody for Nebraska uh, with his ability to come in and, and, and microwave it up, Vinnie Johnson style, but he's also taken good shots Fred on C.J. Wiltshire and what he's brought. Yeah, C.J., you know, the thing I'm most proud of C.J. and pleased with C.J. is just his overall leadership. He's been so good every day, setting the tone of his voice, and he has really grown into that role where last year, Greasel, Bandamel, Walker, they did a lot of that for us, and we needed somebody to step up. And C.J. has probably been our most consistent in regards to being uh, that, that leader, that vocal leader that we need to set the tone in practice and games and i'm really really proud of him for the progression he's made to get to the point he's at right now and then obviously his play is speaking for itself right now he's, he's just playing with so much confidence and uh it's been fun to see nobody puts more time in the gym than cj and it's always fun to see that hard work paying off he's been huge and he's taken big shots and guys he's been able to come in and and really 
spark this team. He's been big. Uh, Sammy Hoiberg, love what he's done. We say it every show when we talk Nebraska basketball, but what he's brought defensively is that toughness, that grittiness, that hustle, and uh, you need a high dose of that uh, with Jawan being out. Is, can you hear my kid in the basement? No. <laughs> okay. What's he doing? Junior has, well, he has unleashed a tirade of expletives because someone is beating him at, at video games. Oh, We're going to have man. to go have a dad moment. Junior's always got, oh, I need new uh, controllers. Birthday and Christmas. It's on a <laughs> rotation. Clausburn, the forecast on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. We just had a great father-son chat. Hey, what are you doing, Junior? What? Hey, um, I need you to not be such a freak show downstairs. And, you know, it sounds like there's uh, some sort of mob hit in the basement when he's playing video games. So the long and short is he's going to come home from work one day and his, uh, his HDMI cords are going to be gone. Held for ransom. Problem is with... Uh, Junior's betting prowess, oh, no. he'll be able to go buy new ones. Now, now tell me, wasn't the LSU wide receiver just busted for underage gambling? Yeah. Are you concerned about your son's future mm-hmm. college eligibility? Uh, uh, he's a Schmidt. That's been taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> Predetermined. Let's get into, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's hosed, two left feet. Uh, it's okay. Let's welcome in Clausburn to the Friday forecast on Hale Varsity. We're powered by... Cornhead Lager. Claus, how are we doing today? Thanks for the time. Well, I'm I'm doing okay, and I came on just in time to hear Elijah ask about your son's athletic abilities and his Division One eligibility, and then you took uh, took care of my entire scouting report on you. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad you've got that sort of self awareness, Christopher. It's it's rare these days. <laughs> Well, let's get into the forecast without further ado and uh, dial up some NFL, AFC, NFC championship. We'll get to Nebraska, Maryland in a bit. Uh, We'll start off with Detroit and San Francisco. Niners, seven and a half. Old Debo, what's his status like? How long can he go? And uh, is that seven and a half too rich for Elijah's blood at the sports book. I think Detroit is playing with house money. I think they're confident. I like their run game. I like Goff and how he's handled himself, not just since the trade, but kind of the resurrection story. All that being said, too much McCaffrey, too much San Francisco, and uh, Shanahan and company in the flat bill make it back to the Super Bowl. Give me the Niners 27. Give me Detroit 21. The cover for a Motor City Dan, but not the win. Elijah. I'm going to be careful with my words here because I don't want people to think I'm a, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I'm not by any means. 
I will say, you hear it a lot in football. You're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. I wonder if you go back and watch the film. I think that's a story with Brock Purdy. I don't think he was as good as the MVP comparisons he was getting uh, during the regular season. I don't think he's as bad as he showed last week, though. A game in the rain, wet football, that was not good for him. And the Packers, that's a team that was really, really hot. I think there's going to be too much, dare I say, Brock Purdy in this game and too much of the 49ers pass rush. I think they're going to make Jared Goff's life hell. I think the 49ers win. I think they cover. Give me 31-20, to 20, a 49ers win. They're headed to the Super Bowl. Cotter. I think this spread is honestly disrespectful to Detroit. Uh, I think they've been playing really good football. And as a Bears fan, you know, that hurts to say. But they've been playing really, really good football. I think this is going to be a shootout type game. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think Detroit covers, but I think the 49ers ultimately find a way to get it done. I'm going to go Niners 27 and Detroit 24. Ooh. Field goal ball game. Claus, uh, what do you think here, Detroit or San Francisco? Well, Christopher, I, I sort of agree with your assessment that they're playing with house money. I mean, they've uh, increased the number of playoff wins that JFK has missed by 200% this year alone. So <laughs> that, that's not something to, to shake a stick at, but. I think early on they were probably just happy to be there, and now the people I'm talking to in Detroit, they say their knees are weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on their sweater already, mom's spaghetti, they're nervous, but they're armed and ready to go into San Francisco and pull off the upset all the way from 8 Mile Road. I'm going to take Detroit 21 in San Francisco, 17. We talked about funny living under the same house sitcoms earlier this week with... with Charlie McBride. How about Clausburn and Eminem? That'd be a hell of a sitcom. I feel like Claus would just make Eminem angry all the time. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. He'd write some Eminem. of his best stuff uh, like, since the Marshall Mathers LP if he had me <laughs> for an inspiration. So <clears throat> you are an inspiration. Off to Baltimore we go. Crab cakes, VD, and turnovers or MVPs. Kansas City. Uh, is going to do it to you again. It's going to be a Taylor Swift Super Bowl. I'm not betting against Mahomes. Uh, Their record, we've highlighted against Baltimore. And I think the Chiefs get it done. The Chiefs and their run game get it done. And their run defense get it done. Uh, The over is right around 44 and a half. I think that's the number. Kansas City 24, Baltimore 20. And the Chiefs win the turnover battle, plain and simple. That's how they get it done. Uh, I'll gladly take the points, but I don't think I need them. Give me the Chiefs outright and a win on the road back to the Super Bowl. I struggle to pick this game because I don't want to pick against either quarterback. I do think this will be a ball control game, maybe lower scoring than some people expect. That line of 45 and a half is about right. I'm going to go just under that. I think it's going to be a game with long drives. I think the Ravens really solid in the back end. Maybe not the best pass rush that Patrick Mahomes ever faced. I think he's going to have some time to throw it. I think they'll put together some drives. I think the Ravens, their rushing attack, especially Lamar Jackson, will wear on that Chiefs defense as the game goes on. Uh, I do think, though, Chiefs defense good enough to uh, to bow up and get some stops in the red zone. A couple field goals for the Ravens, I think, are the difference. Let's go 23 to 20, the Ravens get a win over the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, a pretty close game as well. I think the Ravens 
find a way at home. I'm going to pick another field goal game. I'm going to go Ravens 24-21, and I really hope that they wear their all-black uniforms because that would just be the cherry on top. All right, a little wardrobe thought from Connor. Claus, what do you like here, Kansas City or Baltimore? Well, I had read that uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr. is adamant that he does not share a suite with Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey, which I think he's probably acting a little too fast on. I mean, you get one of the biggest megastars in the world singing along to whatever song they're playing, and then you get a guy who's not afraid to rip his shirt off, drink a few beers, and tell you stories about how he ended up making friends with the Russian mafia, and now he's known as the machine over there. So (laughs) I think that's a pretty good place to watch your son hand the ball off to somebody who runs like a poked-up, angry 10-year-old in jeans, and it's going to be Pacheco leading the Chiefs to a 27-24 victory. All right. Uh, do we have? We don't have time. Claus, we need you to go to timeout, and we'll do Husker basketball on the other side. Is that okay with you? Okay. Well, we will get Claus back. We'll have Nebraska and uh, Maryland predictions shortly. And uh, just a friendly reminder take us with uh, on your timeline with the podcast Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity and can watch the show as always it's posted uh, right afterwards on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel more with Claus Burn Friday forecast Nebraska Maryland prediction that's on the way it's Hale Varsity on a Friday we're powered by Cornhead Logger and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio Hey, we're back tomorrow morning for the weekend edition of Hale Varsity, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, where you can watch that and check in 745-ish. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, myself. Uh, we'll check in with Sharpie and Vogues and uh, get you uh, tipped off right before Nebraska-Maryland. We resume the Friday forecast, a little overtime with he is imaginary and he wears red. It is Clausburn back with us. We've made our NFL picks. Now it is Nebraska, Maryland, and I'll start off. Got to see it to believe it. I have not seen it for too long, which means give me Maryland. Give me Maryland. I'll lay the points. The Terps cover 71-62. Nebraska better, but not enough without Jawan Gary on the road. Uh, Important four-game stretch as Elijah grabs the upside-down Longhorn mug. And he is ready to make me take a shot Monday if I am wrong. But Nebraska, just not enough tomorrow. And uh, Maryland gets a win at home. Elijah. Give me Nebraska. What are you talking about? (laughs) They're due. It's the law of averages. They're due for a road victory. Give me Vaughn. There's been two two different games this year they should have won on the road. This is another one that they should be able to go win on the road. Uh, I think without Juwan Gary, that causes some uh, some trepidation in my own mind. But I think this Husker basketball team is way too good to be losing this many games on the road. I think they finally get a team that isn't shooting the lights out of the ball in their home gym. And I think they win this basketball game by a score of 76 to 68. All right, Connor. This is going to be interesting. It's a three-headed monster in Maryland, obviously. Always tough to go win on the road in the Big Ten. No Jawan Gary for the third straight game. 
But this Nebraska team has been able to beat two teams that, in my opinion, are better than Maryland without Juwan Gary. Granted, it's been at PBA, and I think this team understands how important this stretch is post-Maryland game. Mm -hmm. So give me Nebraska to get their first Big Ten road win of the year. I think it's going to be close. It could be ugly at times. Maryland's really good defensively. Give me Nebraska 69 and Maryland 65. Connor and Elijah. That means I got to take two shots on Monday. Or not. <laughs> Claus, what do you think here? Maryland or Nebraska, minus three and a half. And do it before the show, and the ratings are going to go crazy, because I'll tell you yeah. this, Christopher. Terrapin, the Maryland Terrapins, Terrapin is a kind of turtle, and the only kind of turtles I like are Teenage Mutant and Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> So unless Donatello is on the sidelines drawing up a defense to stop a Dutch boy that even Nigel Powers could appreciate, <laughs> they stand no chance tomorrow. Nebraska, 83, and Maryland, 75. Wow. Dominant. Dominant. Yeah, Nebraska's allowing, uh, I think, 86 points on the road, but sure, they'll they'll hold Maryland to a, to a 75. Claus, last thought before we get you out of here. What alcohol should we be bringing into the studio on Monday for Schmitty for picking this Maryland loss? Well, my recommendations would either be Dickel Whiskey, which tastes like whiskey uh, if <laughs> it were aged in a toilet, <laughs> or Drambuie, which tastes like scotch if it were aged in a middle-aged white woman's house who's very into essential oils. <laughs> I love how specific that was. Wow. He's done some thinking on that. <laughs> well, uh, go to the uh, the old liquor store, Elijah. We'll see. Claus, you be good and behave. Thanks for making time. Okay. All right, there goes Claus Byrne. Friday forecast. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for subscribing to the podcast, Hail Varsity. Back at you tomorrow morning. A Huda Media Production.